Welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Hector Marrero. And I'm Kip Clark. Today, our topic brought to us by an anonymous listener, What Haunts You? I thought this was an interesting topic, um, and I thought it was actually quite difficult, Kip, to think of something that really haunted me. So, Kip, I thought I'd start off with a story. Freshman year, I had a huge crush on somebody uh, at Kenyon. Um, and every time I spoke to this person, I would just embarrass myself. I would just absolutely embarrass myself. And I remember one time going over to speak to her and there were other people around and I didn't really know how to socially, I was not socially aware. I had no idea what, how I could communicate, what I should say. There's another guy in the room he was particularly handsome. I was thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't say anything. What should I talk about? I don't know if it really haunted me, but I know that I would think about that moment a lot. And I would, you know, to my best friend, I would go up to him and I'd be like, man, that was the worst situation that I could have been in. While I don't think I was haunted by this feeling per se, it stuck with me. It lingered. And I think part of feeling haunted is that it's a lingering feeling. This feeling sticks with you for a while. Can you think of a moment where you yourself were haunted? Yeah, I've actually been thinking of a few of them in preparation for the episode, and so I'll build up from tame to perhaps more serious hauntings. Um, One of them happened in my sophomore year of high school, so about five years ago, which is crazy. There was one day in the spring during a Spanish class of mine where the Spanish teacher wasn't there. This was Senor Egan. And instead we had a substitute. And I was sitting towards the back of the class. I don't know what possessed me to do it. There were maybe 10 minutes left in the day. It was 2.20. This was the last class that would end at 2.30 and then we'd all go home. And for some reason, either I was talking to people about it or someone encouraged me to, but I think it was of my own volition. The substitute teacher's back was turned. She was writing something on the whiteboard and I grabbed my backpack and slipped out the back door of the room and just left. Um, Not really cutting class and not even doing it at a logical time. I didn't get much out of the day and I wasn't being picked up by my father until 2.30. So I think I went down to the first floor bathroom and just waited there. But the worst part about it was that I just felt guilty. I just stood in the bathroom thinking like, well, what have I done? I first of all, awkwardly cut class in a very lukewarm kind of way. I didn't really do anything horrible, but it was also just stupid. I could have waited 10 more minutes and I did it when a substitute was there. I don't know if she's going to tell anyone or or if it's a big deal or not. And so I just freaked out for no real reason. And a few weeks later, because that feeling had been eating at me, as trivial as that might sound, I went into his office and said, yes, yeah, Senor Egan, I, I got to tell you something. And I confessed. And he wasn't that bothered by it. And I said, yeah, but I, I felt really bad. I felt disrespectful and I shouldn't have done that. And so he said, you know, if, if you, if you want to do something for a punishment like we can we can arrange something I don't think that's necessary but we can figure something out and I was like I'd I'd really prefer that and he asked me to come in or or do something you know Kip can you make it like you know 7.30 one morning in you know maybe a week and I said yeah sure and I just didn't show up either I 
had forgotten or whatever, but I, I think it was, again, a voluntary act of stupidity because I am blessed with those. And yeah, it lingered with me. And for about a year, it stayed with me. And then in my senior year, I was like, I can't graduate with this on my conscience. There were other things that were also bugging me that I was trying to resolve before graduating high school. And I found him again and said, look, I'm sure you remember me bringing this up that one time. I'm also sure you remember me not receiving the punishment for this perhaps minor act that you didn't even seem to be bothered by. But in my own horrible approach to the situation, <laughs> which if anything has gotten worse in how I've treated it than the original issue, which wasn't that big in a 10-minute absence from class, I can't believe I've avoided punishment this long, and I absolutely need to, to face that. And he said, yeah, no, sure, we'll, we'll figure something out. I mean, would you be willing to wipe down the keyboards in the computer lab with some sanitary wipes because we could probably use that and I was like yes gladly like please and so I finally went in and took care of it but yeah it was the weirdest thing and the guilt only got worse because of my inability to handle it and I looking back have no idea why I was so inept at dealing with it it was really weird but do you have any other funny stories of haunting because I think in its own way sort of things that linger can haunt us and I think Based on your reaction, my story had some funny elements, and I really enjoyed hearing about yours. I kept laughing at your story because I kept imagining this teacher, Senor Egan, as just this kind of fat dude sitting on behind his desk, not really wondering, what the heck is this guy doing coming back again? And then just giving you, you know, the wipe the keyboards uh, yeah, punishment. I mean, no, in his defense, he, he was not overweight. He was of a pretty average build, if I remember correctly. But yeah, he was definitely surprised. <laughs> I think it was sort of weird to him that, that I felt so guilty about it. But it was really interesting. So do you have any stories of the type? I can't think of any times that I was haunted that it was particularly funny. One other story that was also academically related was in third grade, I had a project where I had to research George H.W. Bush. And I read about him, and I wrote some notes on a note card, and I had to make a presentation. I go up to the front of the class, and I bring my note card with me, and I start reading from the note card. And my teacher, she looked at me and she said, you can't bring a note card up. And I said, why not? And she said, well, that's not part of the assignment. You have to make a presentation. I couldn't do it without the note card because I hadn't memorized anything. I ended up sitting back at my desk, tearing up. I was so frustrated by my teacher at the time who wouldn't cut me a break. And it was awful. And I would think about that moment. Every time I thought about a bad moment at school, I would think about that. I was also very much a, a teacher's pet in middle school. And in sixth grade, this one kid, he kept making me laugh. And my teacher, she said, if you don't stop laughing, I'm going to get you a demerit. I hadn't gotten a demerit my entire middle elementary school career from kindergarten to sixth grade. And all of a sudden, I got a demerit because I couldn't stop laughing at this kid. And I was really frustrated. In fact, I think it was known that I hadn't gotten a demerit and that I was a really, you know, teacher's pet type kid. So some of the other students, I can remember taking pity and looking at me and being like, oh, my God you got a demerit I'm so sorry <laughs> and that moment in sixth grade really didn't haunt me per se but what happened to me in third grade when I was returned to my desk for not memorizing this presentation that really bugged me out so Kip do you have any other haunting stories perhaps when you were younger maybe not so significant now that you can remember 
Yeah, I absolutely do. I'm glad you asked, actually. My mom is associated with one of these stories, so I hope she's listening because I know she's told this story a few times and I always find it funny. There was one weekend where my father was away on business, and so my mother went to the local library and got a VHS tape, which some of you at home should look up if you don't know what it is because it's an important piece of technological history that we use in the past. <laughs> and, yeah, this VHS tape was a horror movie of sorts, although I think it had a deceptive name, like Family House or <laughs> This Family's Great, something really, really pleasant and nice. But we turned on this film, and this girl goes to visit her grandmother or something, and so she's in her grandmother's house, and she goes into the attic and finds this really old dollhouse with doll representations of every member of her family. And so she takes the dollhouse down and starts playing with the dolls or whatever, and there's this very almost cartoonishly dramatic scene in which one of the dolls falls down, I believe it's her father, just in one of the rooms in this dollhouse, just falls over, and a scene later you find out that the father's dead. And this movie got increasingly creepier, not necessarily in a Hollywood production value kind of way, but just scary and sad. These these people were just dying because of this girl playing with the dollhouse, and I want to say she might have ended up dying, but for like a week I, I couldn't sleep. Um, and I believe my brother also had difficulty processing this and my mom felt really guilty because she didn't mean to show us such a horrifying film but yeah that was definitely a peculiar one um, but getting into older years as I think that might be helpful also in middle school I was haunted by something but this one was really big for me um, sometime in sixth grade I can't remember why or what brought it about but I, I finally I think understood what death was and internalized it and recognized that not only was I going to die someday, but that everyone that I knew, everyone that I loved was going to die, and that hit me really hard. And I think that perhaps some people learn about death earlier or later in life, but for me that was my time, and I remember just being absolutely horrified by it, and I would like cry frequently at night for a long period in sixth grade, from like November to January. I had horrible like insomnia issues basically. Um, yeah, and I had difficulty processing and dealing with just that truth, um, and it, it stuck with me. I don't think it was a factor in any of my dreams, but I remember being really terrified. And to add comedy to the situation, there was one day in late December before winter break where one of our teachers was talking to us about the importance of sleep, and she said, yeah, well, you know, as students, you guys might not be getting as much sleep as you need, and you're hopefully getting at least around 9 or 10, or what and she said well you know hopefully you're getting around eight hours of sleep a night because it's important to to stay healthy and well rested and it felt like the most taunting cry about how I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and of all things she had to talk about she talked about that and we discussed it for a good 20 minutes she went around and asked people if they were getting enough sleep and I was like no I'm not but I'm dealing with it and it was just a really uncomfortable reminder of the difficulty it had sleeping but yeah I was definitely haunted by that I will say, and maybe this will spark an idea in you, not necessarily a story, but I'm often haunted by items that I've left around the house or that I still need to deal with, things that I haven't um, worked with or worked on yet that just sort of sit there, um, boxes that I need to put away or things that I need to clean up that are just looming in the space of my room and I need to take care of them and that's often in its own way haunted me and it sort of bothers me every time I see that thing and instead of dealing with it procrastination or whatever usually sets in but do objects ever haunt you things that you haven't taken care of no I can't think of any 
objects that haunt me. But one thing that haunts me, and I, I'd like to know if you have any experience with this as well. Ever since I was a kid, I've always had very, very clear dreams. Not that I can control anything, just very clear. I remember a lot of what happens. And one recurring dream that I had for years was this dream where I would be in front of my house in the driver's seat of my car. It would be late at night and only the streetlights were on. There would always be an old woman or my brother or somebody in the back of the car and the car would start moving. I would start driving um, like from my house down the street and I would start taking turns haphazardly. And it always felt like I was so close to hitting another car and I would always end up on the freeway. And on the freeway, I had no idea how to get back. I had these dreams when I was really young and it really bugged me out and I was pretty scared of driving for a long time because of these dreams. I also would have this one nightmare where I picked up a phone and somebody just starts screaming at me from the other side. Um, and there's something about the quality of this person's voice on the other side of the phone that's a little distorted. Um, it has some white noise or some sort of grit to it. And something about that quality plus the fact that she was screaming at me through the receiver also really creeped me out. Um, I don't know if you remember companies when you would call credit card companies or any sort of company on the phone. There would usually be an automatic voice on the other side. Or sometimes you reach somebody's voicemail and it's just an automatic voice. Sometimes those voices are, they don't sound real. They sound synthetic. Used to freak me out a lot. And I'm not really sure what it is about this distortion, uh, this quality of sound and and image that we got in the 80s and 90s um, before HD television and before these super cell phones we have now. But there was a lot of room for creepiness and some of those, uh, I guess, electronic artifacts haunted me in a way. They would stick with me. Um, and now it's become more of a fascination. So Kip, have you ever had any dreams that have haunted you as well? Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up driving. I used to have a lot of scary dreams about driving when I was younger. This is before I got my driver's license or even a permit. I was really afraid that I would lose control of the vehicle and just crash it into something. And usually in those dreams I would survive. Um, but yeah, just a horrible, horrible feeling of lack of control. And I'm sure psychologists out there would argue that dreams are a manifestation of subconscious feelings. And I actually believe a lot of that to be at least accurate. I think dreams are important. I don't think they're always as clear as we wish they were, so I think it's interesting you bring up the clarity of your dreams in the past. So I think in many ways I was afraid that when I started to drive I wouldn't have control over the car. Crashes might happen, bad things, and I think I was deeply afraid of that. I also, to mention another one of my parents in this episode, my father always talked about dreams he used to have, and he gave this story in examples of courage um, that he had this dream about some thing that was chasing him and he had a recurring dream about it and it was in like a dark forest road or whatever you can't see a lot it's at nighttime and he was running or being pursued by this thing and he was really afraid of it and he said that eventually he remembered before going to bed one night that it was just a dream and so in the dream he remembered that too and he just yelled really loud and growled at this thing in his dream and actually ended up waking himself up because in real life he'd been yelling and growling at this thing to try and scare it away and after that, he didn't have the dream anymore. I just think it's really interesting that he managed to bridge that gap between dream and reality and sort of scare that thing away or, or force himself into a feeling of 
confidence and power over this this entity of the dream. I, I think, think that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. interesting. I think with a lot of the things that haunt us, there's a desire to try and overcome it. Um, some of the things we do, others sort of linger with us. I, I no longer fear death in the way that I did. I no longer fear death in the way that I did in sixth grade or feel the same sort of impending doom about it, nor am I afraid of my lack of ability to drive a car. So I think some of these things pass with time. And it's very interesting. I also, I don't know that I've overcome certain fears of movies. I think horror movies in particular are things that don't logically make sense or are a lot harder to conquer as things that haunt us because there's no rationale. In a dollhouse, a doll falling should not usually kill a person. It doesn't actually make any sense. But maybe that's what it was that made me most afraid that I couldn't explain it to myself. It was just this scary thing that happened. Um, have you overcome things that haunt you? Are there things that still haunt you that you think have remained from a long time ago? Yes. I think one of the examples that comes to mind for me was this haunting feeling I had um, when it came to the emergency broadcasting system. When I was younger, it would come up every once in a while. It would just interrupt television um, broadcasting, and it would just be the signal, plus the, the television screen would change, and it would say that this is the test of the emergency broadcasting system. And I don't know what it was. It, the feeling of interruption, the quality of the sound, the beeping that would repeat, um, the little robotic voice that would speak afterwards and say, this is just a test of whatever, used to creep me out. And now I have a fascination with lo-fi sounds and this quality of sound and this quality of audio that existed in this time. So for that example specifically, I have overcome it. Other feelings of perhaps heartbreak, of fear, have dissipated just because time has passed by and I've lived more life and I've seen more. I think part of overcoming what haunts you is going out into the world and continuing to explore and see what life is like and maybe some of the things that haunt you and I um, you having grown up in Boston me having grown up in New York are nowhere near the types of things that haunt others around the world and I think that there are elements of feeling haunted that are physical and jarring and maybe for us um, seemed at one point to be very extreme and to be quite terrifying and now in retrospect they're not so terrifying and maybe elsewhere in the world other people have much more physical or actually physically scary moments um, that haunt them car crashes or shootings or other more violent actions that really stick and become less of a feeling of being haunted and more of an issue for example post-traumatic stress disorder which I think is related in a way and is probably a more extreme example of feeling haunted Absolutely. And to remind people listening, we're in no way saying that something like haunting, which could be trivialized in certain senses, is like post-traumatic stress disorder, which should not be trivialized. And I'm not suggesting that you were trivializing it. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that you were trivializing it. I just want to make it clear because I do think things like that are sensitive. And we want to remind people that we also understand that. But I think it's a good point. And I was actually going to connect to an idea like that. I think as a child, you don't have that experience yet. You haven't explored, as you said, the world. You don't have an understanding of how it works. You don't have a sense of control, which I think is very important in being haunted. And I think one of the most troubling things is seeing an adult, someone who is capable 
an especially able-bodied person, for example, who is haunted by something like post-traumatic stress disorder, because then you realize how powerful some of those things are. Um, there are very dark stories of war and international conflict that still haunt people, and I think that, that shows us what's really important and lasting in human history and on other people, because people still remember dark times that are decades or even centuries old, and so it's it's very interesting. There are a lot of types of haunting to be sure. Hopefully some of them can be overcome, but definitely overcoming some, like skipping out of class 10 minutes early, are far, far more insignificant in comparison to greater things. But it's an interesting topic, and I'm glad that we took the time to discuss it. And of course, we want to know what you guys think. Have you had any interesting stories of being haunted? Are you haunted by anything now that seems trivial or funny to you um we'd really love to know so of course feel free to leave a comment and as always leave a review on itunes either positive or negative as long as it's honest we just want to know what you guys think and we really want to make this a conversation among not a conversation between so please share your voice with us and let us know what you think and we look forward to hearing and hector how can they reach us if you'd like to reach us you can go to our website at strideandsaunter.com email us at strideandsaunter at gmail.com visit our facebook page or visit us on twitter stride and saunter and as always we thank you for listening and from thought to word and voice to ear this is kip clark signing off and this is hector Moreira. i'm clean shaven today